So on to the third member of our list that we're interested in discussing, Mukesh Chaudhary. So Gurkarat, I am interested in getting your thoughts about your impressions about Mukesh Chaudhary, right? Because uh, as I said before, he, he sort of came out of nowhere, it felt like. Um, you know, that, that that often happens with players who are just substitutes for an injured player during a season or a campaign of any tournament, but especially the IPL I've seen in the past. Uh, and what, and you know, what is interesting for me is, you know, technically he's surpassed his the man that he was replacing, right? Um, and so I am curious to get your thoughts on whether A, you think he's better than someone like Adipak Chahar, but B, how his season in general went and 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 C, what you think are his upsides and downsides as a bowler in general? So I think uh, this was probably a season of two halves for someone like Mukesh Chaudhary. Uh, you could divide it into the Mumbai game at D.Y. Patel before that game and after that game because he had picked up a few wickets before that game but uh, to be very honest those wickets were more of a result of batters making mistakes rather than him earning those wickets I remember him getting Shubman Gill uh, caught out uh, at the edge of the circle on a short delivery where Shubman Gill wanted to cut him uh, but yeah, the yeah, field yeah. was good enough to catch him then uh, he got a wicket of uh, Mayank Agarwal playing the drive again at the edge of the circle Kane Williamson playing a drive to the half volley and hitting it straight to short cover. So, before that that game, there wasn't much to look forward to because I thought he was bowling slower. He was bowling in around 130s or early 130s. So, there wasn't the base factor that could excite you. And he was bowling too full to get any late movement, right? Because he was getting driven now. He, was, he wasn't getting caught behind or anything largely. Right. But post that Mumbai game, I don't know what happened, but you know, when he found the swing, he bowled slightly slower and he was mixing it up with quicker full lengths as well. Like how you, like how he got the wicket of Ishan Kishan or getting yep. him out bowled in that game. And then the wicket of Rohit Sharma where uh, Rohit probably played the ball a little early and, you know, the late swing got him and it didn't get the middle of the bat and he was got at short mid-wicket if I'm not wrong. And then you saw him get, I, I saw him get one wicket of Akshar Patel where he got the ball back into Akshar Patel, yeah. you know, and he wasn't getting the ball to move that way before that Mumbai game. You felt that he was only moving the ball away from the left-hander and taking the ball away with the angle to the right-hander. It was and, not as if he was bringing the ball back in or uh, either to the right-hander or the left-hander. But And I just want to quickly that, interject here and clarify, that is the natural... Um, there's a natural direction a lot of left-handers move the ball in, right? They naturally move it away from the uh, left-hander and then into the right-hander um, and try to shape it away to to create that variation. And it can often be a problem for them as uh, because if you don't have like an out, a way to move the ball away from a right-hander, uh, generally the ball swinging away tends to be often uh, very deadly to the majority of batters involved because it induces more uh, modes of dismissal. Um, and so it, it was a concern, right? And I'm glad that you mentioned that because it, it clearly changed uh, the his, our outlook on his season and, and just in general how he went through. But yes, please continue. And then you have to look at the other game, the, the second Mumbai game which happened in Wan Kede where he got uh, Shan Kishan out driving uh, uh, to a away swinger and then he got two LBWs. I think it was Daniel Sams and uh, Christian Stubbs. Both of them, uh, you know, LBW. And... So this is this is this is what started happening earlier. 
before that first mumbai game there wasn't a threat of him really attacking the right handers bad or stumps right? right so you you could more or less premeditate that the ball is going to leave you which is why you know in that brabon game uh, someone like livingstone did take him for runs right because livingstone pretty much knew what the trajectory of the ball is going to be so he hit him one six over covers and the other six was over mid wicket because he knew that the ball is not going to swing it swing back so uh, everything changed post that mumbai game he probably worked on his wrist position as well because if you are going to hoop the ball like the way he was hooping it you've definitely put in some work in in wrist position and then the pace went up as well uh, you saw that he wasn't really bowling any bouncers before that and then he started to mix it up with the bouncer as well so i think after that first mumbai game he grew into confidence and then he started to try the things which he would have tried at a level below the ipl but probably the first six games for first 5 6 games he took his time to settle in and i think someone like ms dhoni uh, summed it up brilliantly in one of his post match presentation talks after a csk win or i don't know if it was after a loss where he said that young bowlers take time to mature because uh, they are not used to playing at this level they don't know how the batters can attack them and sometimes they have to alter their uh, initial lengths or their uh, you know staple lengths quite quickly as opposed to what they would do at lower levels so i think that is what happened with mukesh chaudhry uh, which is why you see that the economy is still on the higher side which is purely yeah. because of the first few games where he went for runs but once he got his radar right he became a quite quite a good bowler no i hmm. i absolutely agree with you on that um and i think you know it, it's really nice that you talked about the wrist position right because he has the ability to like consistently get it behind the ball at the point of release which is which is what is important in order to swing the ball right that's the fundamental you don't want your wrist position to break um during that particular process right um and so he he is able to grip the ball and he's able to have release it with that sort of uh, nice uh, wrist position where he can swing it back into the right handers and move it the other way as well as a variation and he he gets a lot of like i mean one thing is really important here is he got a lot of deviation right um it it wasn't just like he was you know being able to shade the ball there's it's important sometimes to be able to only swing it a little bit to get the nick but there were times where he was able to swing it massively right i, would, I mean like i don't have necessarily i'd imagine the ball tracking stats to quite determine the amount of deviation he got but it was a significant amount i recall um that being the case and again that match uh, you brought it up earlier uh that mumbai csk match was a good example where he was able to do that and he was able to swing it and what was interesting to me uh, gokarath actually for that particular match um was that a i saw him bowl a very good yorker like a mean sort of tailing in kind of a yorker to kishan when he yorked him um and he, and he used it he used it very carefully as well right he used it first up right um it, there's a tendency to just think the yorker is an effective ball at the death but it, it it isn't you can actually bowl it at different stages of a game even a t20 game and it can be a very effective ball and because the ball the new ball tends to swing a lot more than the old ball it can actually be if you have a good wrist position like chaudhry it can be a much more effective ploy than even at the death because you actually can get the ball to move and beat the bat and hit the stumps in that way. So I think it was really it was really nice to see him do that. One thing that really interested me uh about him and again it comes back to that match. I I know it seems it might seem for some of our viewers or listeners as a bit odd, right? Uh why why are we so, you know, interested in this one match that uh CSK played in the middle of the season that that was by the point they they won that match 
they, they were basically almost out of the tournament anyways right the reason why it's so important is because he significantly changed from some of the earlier matches compared to to that particular match right um and, and the most obvious difference for me right was his pace you mentioned it earlier he was bowling in the low 130s initially um in that particular match he was consistently clocking in the low 140s and i think he even clocked 145 kilometers that's 90 miles per hour a couple of times in that particular game um and so that took me to by surprise initially right because i was watching this guy you know he didn't really make an impression earlier on in me and i was like wait why is he why why is he able to to do this um and that's actually when i sort of uh, looked at his mechanics a little bit more right and he's actually got very good me- mechanics scorecard um you know like for, as a fast bowler right there are a couple of things that you want to do the main point is you want to be able to uh, you know sustain momentum throughout your run up and devel- delivery stride you um and all your different steps and he has several components of his action actually that allow him to generate pace if necessary he's got a high jump that doesn't only go up it actually propels him forward into his delivery stride he's got a bit of a slingy shot kind of arm action and and what that does is it creates a lot of displacement it allows him to cover a lot of displacement and because he's able to cover a lot of displacement it means that he's able to bowl quicker it's it's a, it's a a factor very often correlated with that he's got a braced front leg so he can transfer the impact when he lands um on his front leg uh, properly and he can push it into the essentially the ball uh, make sure the momentum is stayed put at the point of release um and 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 again that that's important because what what it implies is he can bowl a lot quicker than he normally bowls do you think that braced front leg that you just mentioned uh do you think it's possible that that braced front leg might be a source of uh concern going forward or might be a source of injuries going forward especially the front leg because like you said he, the the entire weight gets transferred onto that braced front leg which allows him to then propel his body forward and bowl quicker now what, what from what i understand is is that because the 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 weight is getting transferred onto the leg uh it helps his back because the weight's not coming on the back but at right. the same time i think uh, you know to to sustain with this kind of an action or to sustain with this kind of a bowling mechanism you probably need very strong knees and uh, you know legs definitely no i i think it's a very good point and obviously there's always a trade off when you're looking at different bowlers actions right mm-hmm. now no no one has the uh, biomechanically perfect action i mean there there are there are there's some that approach close um, you know if you've ever seen michael holding bowlers it's pretty good um but uh, most people uh aren't in that sort of category of camp um so you know, there are obviously trade offs and yes he he could be prone to knee injuries and, and and those sorts of things what i would say is um in his particular case he doesn't actually spend a lot of time on that front leg um it 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 happens very quickly there are some bowlers who really like you know uh, when they they brace their front leg um the 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 amount of time time the the contact that they have with the the ground right during the delivery stride is quite long um from what i've seen that's not that much of a case so i'm not too concerned of it causing too much pressure on him i think it's 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 a, a short enough period where that's not going to be as big of an issue with some other bowlers who have a say a brace front leg and have that issue he just strikes me as someone who i think a lot of people misunderstand the the true extent of his or potential right because again going back to the mumbai game he was swinging it 
he was getting late swing and he was bowling it at 140s and he's a left-hander and any he, he because of that mention you know that sort of slingshot kind of action it doesn't look as slingy as say someone like an Omran Malik who we we discussed earlier um but there is a little bit of a, a slingy component to it there are times where he can even feel faster for the batter than people realize right um and so i think that that's something really important that he he's he's got to sort of um be nurtured and looked after um i know he hasn't played a lot of cricket i mean he's played a, a decent amount of time for pune he was he was actually scouted by uh, funny enough an uncapped star from last season in rutheraj gaikwad who saw him and and realized the potential of him which uh, which i which i have found really you know sort of interesting right an uncapped player from in fact even 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 uh, you know um, uh with umran malik being picked up by srh apart from irfan it was also abdul samad who told yep. them about him and uh, you know i think he's he's told srh about another cricketer i can't remember the name but uh, i i read it somewhere no it, it it's really nice and it, it's it's also really important for indian cricket that this happens more and more because um you know places like pune places like uh, jammu and kashmir right um i, I think he plays for jammu actually uh, specifically umran but um a lot of these guys don't really have exposure to you know very strong first class teams or you know places to make their contention on the national level and so the ipl is often the place where a lot of players from these sort of underrepresented uh, states get a chance to shine and and if one person's made it and if they know somebody who's really gifted or talented uh, and they can sort of introduce those uh, you know teams and those clubs to the potential of the unlocked you know uh sort of potential of this guy it's a really nice thing to see but but yeah no i i actually was a lot more impressed by mukesh shardi than even a lot of other people were obviously he had taken 11 wickets inside the power play which is the highest of anyone during the league stages right but but uh, i i think there's a lot to like about him the one thing i will say there is one drawback that i've noticed about him his seam presentation um isn't as quite as good as chahar's uh i.e. the person he replaced right uh Deepak Chahar does have a seam position where especially when he wants to bowl the outswinger he has a position where it's only slightly slanted towards first slip um it, it's like a very good wrist position it's very actually uh and, and a very good seam presentation it's very hard to spot wh- where the ball is exactly moving um, and i think Mukesh Chaudhary's uh, seam presentation is a little less upright from what i've seen in a couple of the matches now i could be wrong here but that's that's my initial observation um and i i think he he doesn't do as good of a job as disguising how the ball is going to swing um uh, in the air uh because of that 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 seam presentation at hand um obviously when you're bowling in one direction or the other you have to slant the seam to some extent a lot of the time but it it does seem like it's it's much more there are also some cues where it just seems like you can tell that he is going to swing the ball in a way much more easier than say you somebody you would face in the like of off the likes of Chahar and so i think that that is something he has to work on with but again as you mentioned it is his first full fledged season he's very new to this um and and even someone like Chahar right he started out um and had a you know in in his you know way he he started out and had issues as well right he actually i remember him from his domestic season that um he had taken 8 for 2 that's how he came to the national reckoning um and and if you look at the, the deepak chahar in that spell was the deepak chahar everybody recognized and loved last season 
it was a fundamentally different sort of proposition so with chahar uh, you know I, i personally think that the potential upside of someone like mukesh choudhry is greater uh, than that of deepak chahar purely because of what all that we have discussed the pace the bounce and the fact that he can bowl the yorker or the bouncer and he isn't becoming a one length bully absolutely agree with you on that so we now come to trying to figure out where mukesh choudhry goes from this right he's had a very solid season um a, a really impressive one for a debutant actually and it is interesting now to look at and see where where does what what we perceive his future of is going to be like and, and where it's going to lie. Um and so it's an interesting question. Uh Gorkarath, where do you think he stands in terms of, you know, creating an impression after the season and where do you think his uh future both in domestic IPL colors but for CSK or any other team he picks he's picked for or the international uh setup um exists. Where where would you sort of uh, place him in 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 that sort of uh category? I I personally feel it's too early for predictions. In fact, I I say that for anyone who's just had a one, has just had one good stellar season because uh you know one season sometimes can also one good season sometimes can also be the product of you just trying one thing that you know and uh, the opposition not being able to figure that out. But you know once you start repeating that over the second season or the third season that is when you can surely say okay this bowler's not only using his primary skill he's also using his brains to work out batters and work out oppositions so i personally feel it's too early but and like i had said during umran's case it is important that he also goes through the grind of playing first class cricket because that is what i feel makes robust batters or robust bowlers because once you go through the grind of first class cricket i think you also become mentally stronger because you will play on helpless pitches literally helpless pitches and you will still have to figure out how to get the batters out or how to stop right. runs right so once you are able to develop that mindset where you still up for a fight while bowling in those helpless helpless conditions when you bowl in the ipl or when you bowl in the white ball where there is going to be some help initially and you know you might be at risk of getting taken for runs all that robustness of you know playing the domestic cricket or playing first class cricket will come into play so no predictions for now fair enough um i'm i'm very much in your boat as well uh, in terms of i mean definitely i don't think one season is enough uh, especially in ipl t20 season is enough to judge um you know international uh, chances entirely what i will say is a lot of the raw fundamentals that we were mentioning right and in terms of the pace um in terms of the bounce he's not a short man mukesh chaudhary i mean he's he's not Ashdeep Singh he's, level called. I think he's a, a, a 5'11. 5'11, right? Which is which is not particularly short. Like I mean there have been bowlers in the past that represented India that were shorter than that. But he he's of a decent height um I would say uh, comparatively, right? To, to a lot of the existing bowlers um and he can generate a little bit of bounce. It's not nearly as impressive as some of the other bowlers we'll cover on this list, like, including one that we'll cover, be covering next. But um it is it is it is enough for him to not be you know in sort of the hasan ali mold for example where you're really short and you can get pelted for runs if if 
you know in, in a test match or, or something a longer format game where you're not able to you know keep the batsman honest with that little bit of extra bounce it's not it's not a deterrent i would say it's not a, a plus but it's not a deterrent um and obviously the, his swing that he was generating the wrist position there are a lot of good fundamentals here like you i think he should play a couple more seasons of fc um and and perform in that to be getting a call up but he is somebody i would actually you know when whenever they have like uh, sort of performance camps or high training camps when when they're trying to identify young talent or or scout different players i think he has to be somebody who india looks at because the upsides that we're talking about right somebody who can be left arm who can swing it potentially both ways at 140 plus that's very that's a that's not a that's a very rare skill set um and so i think it is worth um investing him in him on that front and i do think that as it stands he actually does have those raw mechanics that you would need from somebody who is actually even at a higher you know test level to succeed again it's way far back like i uh, like you mentioned but it is something to keep in mind what's more interesting to me though gurkharth is in terms of his domestic um chances in the ipl so i think i mean i i i i speak for myself here but i think i, I think you would uh, concur largely i think he's definitely going to be you know kept by csk um yeah for sure for sure i i i see him operating alongside uh, someone like deepak chahar when he's fit for csk so yeah i i i don't have any doubts on that yeah um and i think that'll be good for his development too um i mean stephen fleming is there he's, he's a very astute uh, yeah, and, though- and he's he's going to play on different pitches because this time the pitches in maharashtra did have some pace bounce and carry and some movement you know uh, it would be interesting to see how he bowls in in a place like chepok where there isn't that much assistance for pace bowlers it's interesting you bring that up right because um you know definitely i i i i concur in the sense that overall the season has been more uh you know more pace friendly um in terms of the pitches that have been produced uh, and 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 some of the conditions in in general um i will say and to your point one thing that does give me a bit of pause or concern the last couple of matches that he played he didn't really achieve much and those were probably on the slowest um and and lowest uh, of the pitches because they've been worn and used and so forth but that's actually why i'm excited to see him in csk colors again i can't believe i'm saying this i'm a mumbai fan kind of a rivalry going on here but i'm excited to see how he develops in csk colors because when he's around somebody like a chahar or when he's around somebody like a bravo those guys have exposure bowling on slower lower pitches at the chay park and other places and they also have very good slow balls and so i think one of the things that jahar i mean jodhri didn't really use that effectively i know he took some wickets with it but didn't really look that impressive was that slow ball and i think he if he especially can develop cutter variations right on those wickets where the ball will grip um i think it'll be very effective so a lot to like about mukesh jodhri a lot to see in terms of his progress and development and uh, we hope that he progresses and and instead of being purely a replacement of chahar he works together with chahar and becomes a, a better bowler